0: Welcome to Changing Academic Life. I'm Geraldine Fitzpatrick, and this is a podcast series where academics and others share their stories, provide ideas and provoke discussions about what we can do individually and collectively to change academic life for the better. Welcome to this second half of a discussion with Pejman Merza-Babai. Pejman is an Associate Dean of Industry Partnerships and an Associate Professor of User Experience Research in the Faculty of Business and Information Technology at the University of Ontario Institute of Technology. In the first half, which was published as a previous podcast, he talked about his research trajectory and In particular, the path getting to tenure. In this second half, we explore Pejman's experiences in navigating life post tenure, working out how he can have the biggest impact and also about him learning to become an academic leader. In particular, getting to know what's useful to focus your efforts on as a leader and how to get the best out of people. So I really hope you enjoy this second half conversation with Pejman. One of the things that you're also doing, so you got you got tenure in 2018. yeah and when when we were talking before, you also just mentioned about just going into that post tenure, what do I do now?
1: Yeah, exactly. So it was I think uh, until after my tenure. I always had a very clear goal. So yes, and like, being
0: very strategic. Yeah, exactly. So, about it. Yeah.
1: so finishing and my plans, degree, finishing yeah. my master, finishing my PhD, yeah. getting, getting a 10-year track job. And then suddenly there is this, like, what do I do now? There is, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's actually funny because I really enjoyed preparing my 10-year application and that's something that most people hate, I think. <laughs> Uh, Why it, do you think you enjoyed it? Because it was, again, an opportunity to a step back and look what I've done in the last, let's say, four years and try to figure out the story that I want to tell mm-hmm. in my 10-year life. And I and I remember that I I thought about that for maybe two, three weeks without writing anything, so I was just thinking of uh, what I've done, what I want to tell as a story. And then in the matter of maybe a few hours then I drafted quickly the like couple of pages of the executive summary that I had to I had to prepare and then kinda of expanded on that for mm-hmm. the main 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 fight. Uh, so it was I think I, I found it very rewarding to see what I've done That's and good. think about that. But then after it was like it's again this void that okay what do I do now? Uh, maybe because there is no clear kind of path for the future. Like there's no. See, no, no there's target. No,
0: there's no workshop you can go to about how to prepare for a vibe or how to prepare <laughs> yeah. for your tenure. I mean, there's no
1: how to prepare for a full professor. Yeah, to,
0: Is there a workshop on that? No, <laughs> no, but that, yeah, actually a good. That's a good point. That you know, how do we support people in then going from resetting training. goals, agendas, identity.
1: Yeah. yeah. So again, many of the. Common, I would say, theme in the interview was trying to figure out what gives us the main, biggest satisfaction. Mm. Uh, so I tried to figure figure that out. Uh, and I'm still trying to, as, mm-hmm. as we talked. Uh, so kind of make it, doing things that has a bigger impact. Uh, and that's kind of the part of the admin role that I'm doing.
0: Um, what it, what is impact for you? Because impact for some people could be writing another paper, or it could be influencing mm-hmm. another student, or it could be helping another games company get I out think, a successful game.
1: I think it's all of them. Uh, so all of them is a is a I think uh, evidence or a example but, of impact. But
0: are they evidence for you? like are they what's what's the so, impact that you care so about? So that that's the
1: part that I had to figure out. Uh, But not only to figure out which one I care about, the other thing that I I was thinking about is, and it's kind of coming from my game background, is that we call it like a feedback loop. So Mm -hmm. how fast do you see that impact? Uh, Because that kind of gives us uh, satisfaction. That's where kind of you do something, you see the result, you get satisfaction from it. Uh, And I think one of the reasons that academic... Job is challenging. Is that feedback loop is quite long. So by that you start writing a grant application, recruiting a students, doing the project, and if we, if you only care about that paper to be published from a start to finish, that probably takes two three years to to get there. Uh, so that's a three years waiting for that satisfaction piece. Uh, but obviously in the way there are small things so. Getting the grant is a bit of satisfaction, but knowing that okay, I now have to do things (laughs) and uh, uh, like things that I care about is. I think in my if if there were like a the highest one is uh, being able to have an impact on someone's life. Mm -hmm. So do something for uh, for a student. I think that's that's that, that's that's my kinda of highest priority. Uh and then what I also found myself being a lot interested is uh what how can I help other like a junior faculty member. Uh I'm all obviously motivated by papers, so having more papers I, I would be happy. But I, I'm not putting at the moment, after having my tenure, I'm not, let's say, sacrificing some of those to write another paper. Mm. At the moment, I don't know. Okay. If, if so,
0: so you do have a clearer sense of the hierarchy of what's important in terms of impact. Whereas before <laughs> yeah. tenure, writing the paper was an important priority. I
1: mean, not not only the writing a paper, case. but like writing a paper, getting a grant, yeah, uh, supervising yeah. a student. So they were all. Yeah priority but now I'm more selective in which yeah. students I would accept yeah. uh, which paper I would submit uh, which is actually really nice because I feel better about papers that I submit now uh, and because then,
0: you are being more selective yeah and then they better papers because you can focus on them yeah more.
1: yeah so I I try to submit papers that I feel they have a good chance to be accepted, where before I would submit any paper that was written. <laughs> so, uh, I now only care or go to conferences that I care about uh, and I ask or want my students to submit in those, those conferences. So the change in the strategy in, in that. Uh, so,
0: because so, what post tenure has given you is the freedom to set your own priorities and impacts of what's important. Whereas pre tenure, you're driven by what was said in yeah. the workshop about what are the targets you need to hit and what will
1: be valued by the tenure track committee. It, yes, yes, but not in a not in a super aggressive way. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I still cared about the students yeah. before. But at the same time, I wanted to uh, have more grants and have more papers and have more students. Uh, now I'm trying to be more selective in all of those. Uh, just to try to kind of bring, I know we don't like to use the word mm-hmm. balance, but <laughs> bring that balance back into my life. Mm-hmm. So. And this is like so. You
0: said back, so it wasn't there before.
1: <laughs> no, so that that's another one I wanted to another point I wanted to to mention. So I feel that I and I think it's with all the positions. So I don't like to say that academic positions are the only one that comes with sacrifices because I feel that all the position when you start it comes with sacrifices until mm-hmm. you reach a level that you mm-hmm. feel more stable. Uh, so, like, I worked really hard for during my PhD. I worked really hard during my uh, my ten-year uh, track position, and then after that, I had to intentionally try not to work hard. And sometimes it feels weird, so I need to kind of fight myself. <laughs>
0: like, oh, tell me more about that.
1: So, like, before ten year, I would work weekends. I would work evenings. But now I have I try and I actually I'm quite good I think at following that so I very rarely work during weekend I very rarely work in the evening when I get home unless there is a like a fire that I need to put down like that's that's the only case I would like uh, uh, do like work uh, in those times uh, I think I kind of neglected some of my. Uh, like relationships with the people that I care about because I was maybe too focused on the job and now I try to kind of rebuild those mm-hmm. relationships that mm-hmm. are, I didn't put too much effort on them before so I basically try to have my life back and I don't say it as a way that oh I like, I think ooh. it's obviously so, some emergency mm-hmm. outside so And I don't say it as a way that uh, I did sac- sacrifices. I think that's not a good word. Like I work hard, but uh, I not try to be more kind of careful with, mm-hmm. with how I spend my time.
0: So do you think in hindsight that you could have done it differently getting to tenure, or do you think it you needed to do that and it's only now that you have the I don't know more flexibility or control
1: mm. I think I think there's a bit of a unique situation that I had and maybe people who moved to different countries to study and I think so the way I as I think about it or try to reflect so when I moved to the UK to do my master. That was a like I felt that's the main thing that I'm I'm doing in the UK, Uh, and everything that I was doing that wasn't contributing to me getting my master felt that something that why am I doing it like if I go and watch a movie is like Mm, this is not yeah exactly so this is not what I'm here for and same and I think it would be a bit different if you live in the same city with your family and your friends because you have those. You go to those parties, you go to those family gathering, and but I had none of them. So I had like even if I like go out with like friends, they would be like a student friend that I met there or colleague friends. And and the same same thing continued through my PhD as well. So I've been trying to isolate myself and put all my focus on those tasks for so long that I think I got used to that type yeah, of yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, so yeah, getting
0: used, we get used to it. Yeah. So when
1: I, it. when I try not to work in the weekend and watch, I don't know, like you know, TV, I feel bad. Like I was like, am I wasting my time now? Couldn't <laughs> I like reply to five emails maybe? And I need to constantly remind myself that you know, it's okay. I can. Giving maybe, yourself permission. Yeah, like I can maybe take a you know break. I can maybe go to a holiday or go on a holiday. <gasps> holiday. <or something. laughs> yeah. So so those are things that. Are you
0: having those fights less often now? Is it becoming more normal, or do you still have those fights? With no,
1: I think it's becoming more normal, and I'm actually enjoying it. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, I I try to. And I think you knew that. So I used to do scuba diving. Oh, that's
0: right, you did. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: then I didn't do scuba diving. Uh, basically when I started my PhD, I stopped the scuba diving. And then I did it again after my 10 years. So for the whole PhD, 10 year thing, I didn't do any scuba Mm -hmm. diving. But then last year when I did it again, it was so good. Like, oh my god, I want to just do scuba diving. So I stayed like two days in that's very rare. And I just did scuba diving. You cannot do more than three in a oh, day, but food. I did three per day. So it was really good.
0: That's good. So there's a whole, I don't know, relearning after tenure that you've gone through in a way. Like, yeah. And also you, you, you mentioned before about an admin role and you're Associate Dean for Industry Partnerships. So... Is, that's an interesting move, moving into admin. Mm,
1: so I, there were two reasons that I wanted to do this admin role, and I postponed my sabbatical for that. Uh, one is I wanted to see if I can have different type of impact, mm-hmm. uh, maybe through changing stuff on how we deal with faculty members, on how we deal with the students. On our programs, uh, our industry partners. So that was one thing. The other was, again, post tenure, I was like trying to figure out if like a university admin or leadership role is something that uh, I like to do uh, as kind of a long term career career path. Uh, So I'm still trying to figure that out. Trying to figure
0: out what sort of academic future.
1: Yeah. If it is
0: even academia, is, yeah. it, is that even a question?
1: No, I think I'm gonna stay academia. Yeah, because you have
0: you you tried industry in different yeah. ways. Okay, so that's yes. a firm, that's a clear decision that academia is where you want your future to be, and what you're yeah. doing now is trying to explore what sort of academic
1: exactly. life yeah. that's going to be. And I still work very close with industry partners, mm-hmm. so I think. I would say maybe 90% of the project mm. that I do are motivated by an industry problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really enjoy that. So even I call my lab Applied. It's a research lab. So that's that's basically what gives me excitement to solve academic, mm. uh, to solve industry problem through lens of academic research, if that's a thing.
0: <laughs> but, but even though you, sound, you said that <clears throat> you're still not sure what you're going to do, it also seems like you have a really good sense of what you like and where your energy is.
1: So I think I, I know what I don't want to do. Yeah. But there are too many things that I want to do. Oh, so too the many prob- things that you want to do. <laughs> the problem is... The drowning
0: in chocolate challenge.
1: Yeah, I think I need to not do a few more things and then yeah. it would be a get to a, like an ideal. Okay. So Probably. it's more,
0: uh, how do you prioritize, you know, of yeah. all the things that you like doing and want to do yeah. if you want to maintain this life that you talked about finding again how do you make choices?
1: Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: How are you going to make choices?
1: Uh, so that's actually an interesting story. So in 2005 when I was offered the. Uh, master admission at Sussex University uh, I wasn't able to make a decision or make choices I had many, there were two programs there were also options of staying at Sussex or go look for another university or even stay in the UK or not Uh, and I was kind of waiting and waiting and not making decisions so my cousin who is like one of my mentors Mm -hmm. so he called me and he's like why can't you decide I was like oh but what if I make a wrong you know choose the yeah. wrong thing yeah and he, he said something that I always now remember and think about it and I have to make he said when you make a choice you are making it based on the information that you have at the time uh, and that would be the best, cho- best choice that you would make uh, and if you don't make that choice and that's the interesting part so if you don't make that choice Uh, other factors going to make that for you. So either would be a time, would be someone else take that position that you didn't take, uh, would be the offer would go away or you get another choice. So a factor that shouldn't be determining your choice would basically make that decision for you. Uh, So he said it's better to think about your option. And make a choice and make a decision rather than wait to let any, someone else to make that decision for you. And that's, that has been kind of my, mm-hmm. one of my kind of decision making mm-hmm. strategies. Being,
0: being, taking control of your own.
1: Yeah, basically. Situation. So if, if I, I, I try to, try to understand the impact of the choices that I make but also knowing that I cannot predict the future. So the things that I decide to do at the time, that's mm. probably the best, best mm. thing based on my yeah. knowledge at the yeah. time.
0: That sounds very sensible. Yeah. And I mean it, but why do we often have trouble putting that into practice? <laughs> because by not making a choice, we're abrogating that possibility to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, and I think we talked about that a little bit as well. So uh one thing I try to do is knowing the choices that I or what I want to do, what I want what I want, I try to influence or manage uh like manage my manager to make sure that we can mm-hmm. reach that mm-hmm. decision together. And I mentioned that there was that uh really great book that I read, uh where I was doing a PhD. It's called how to get a PhD, and there were a chapter on how to manage your supervisor. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that this is that what that was very helpful on uh, um, knowing that how to uh, how to get what you want mm-hmm. from uh, from the world <laughs> from other people.
0: Yeah. yeah. So again, it's sort of like making the decision. It's you know, it's it's like your cousin's advice. It's um, thinking about what you want and then you taking the control where you can to try to do that. So managing your supervisor or managing your manager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In moving into more management position with admin, what are the key things you've had to learn or the key challenges? Because, again, that's a very different set of skills and... You know, very different sort of function and role to play. And yeah. you already talked about not being trained to move from PhD yeah. into
1: academia, and yeah. then you moving then... from
0: academia into yeah. management so, administration.
1: Yeah, the first thing I learned in the first few weeks that I don't know anything about how to, <laughs> how to do academic leadership. Uh, so I, I started training myself uh, to kind of through all the available sources of books, podcasts, YouTube videos, uh, audio books, everything that I could find. Uh, And it's very interesting because I I see a big difference between academic and industry leadership positions. Uh, And academic is much more challenging. In what Uh,
0: way do you think?
1: I think Okay, I don't know how to put it in a nice, nice way, but <laughs> in I think in a industry setup, as a director or as a manager, you have certain uh you have duties, but you also have power to ask people to do those things. Mm-hmm. In academic setup, usually that power balance doesn't exist. So uh I'm one of the faculty members similar to many other faculty members okay. in the faculty. Yes. Some of my colleagues uh, are, are higher ranked than me and have joined that university like 10 years before me. And now I have to ask them to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so learning on, you know, like when I was doing that job in the company, I would call a meeting at 10 a.m. and everyone who was in my team would show up, no question asked. I called the meeting in the university, like out of 10 people, two of them showed up and you cannot do anything to the other eight. <laughs> so,
0: so you need very different people skills. Exactly. So mm. uh,
1: Or approach on how to mm. do things. Uh, so that's that's something I learned really, like I learned that I don't know very fast. I still don't know how to do it. Like I'm still learning and looking for resources to do better mm. in, in that job. Mm. Uh, few things that I, I I noticed is most managers try to figure out how to do their job efficiency efficiently and effectively. Uh, although we can do those change of processes and make them more efficient on on tasks and processes, but we sh- we cannot be efficient with people, so yeah. Well, that's
0: an interesting.
1: Yeah, insight. so it's yeah. it's very. We can change processes, but if we need something from someone, obviously the most efficient way might be to send them an email. That oh, can you do this? Mm-hmm. But that might be not, or that might not be the best way of doing that. Yeah. So figuring out that is uh. Is 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 important. The other thing that uh, I wanted to mention is, again, as academic, as researcher, we often aim for perfectness. <laughs> perfect, we want to achieve perfect. No. But then, <laughs> then you realize soon that, yeah. you know, you probably need to aim for good enough. Uh, but
0: how do you, so, I always, and I, I try to promote this as well for myself. For myself particularly Um, and it's easy to say good enough but how do you how do you judge good enough
1: Mm. so again at at the beginning I thought if I do everything myself I can achieve that perfect result that Mm -hmm. at least from my understanding Mm -hmm. I could get Uh, very soon I realised that it's not doable. Uh, so I think one of the weaknesses that I try to improve is how to delegate tasks to other people, mm-hmm. uh, and not to tell them exactly what I want them to do it, uh, but give them the space that they would do it, and then I accept the result that uh, it may it might be different from what I wanted, yeah. but it probably does the job. So we can just move on. Uh, and sometimes it's also the impact of that position. So I I see in many, many of many meetings that I go, uh, like academic meetings, uh, most of, most academic colleagues, they came with that perfect mindset and idealistic scenario to the table. And I need to keep reminding Reminding them that we are not trying to run the, uh, like the ideal, mm. uh, sen- like mm. we are not trying to run the best faculty or the ideal, uh, I, I forgot the term that I used, oh, okay, because sometimes you have this argument and they talk about like, we should vote, we should ask everyone to do something, like we yep. are not trying to be a model democracy here. Yeah but we need to make sure that we are still operating uh, the, in, in, in the faculties and being able to decide what task is important to how much effort to put in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that a good leader should be able to make, make a call on where to allocate their resources uh, mm-hmm. because we don't Both have... your
0: own and other people's. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we don't have unlimited resources, so... Yeah. Uh, a good leader, I think, should be able to decide which project he or she just want a good enough
0: yeah.
1: outcome yeah. and which project he would yeah. or she would put more resources in.
0: Yeah. And sometimes that might not work out in the way that you think, and that's okay as well.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it's, again a learning... coming back to that decision. You make the decision based on the information yeah. you have at that yeah. time. So. Yeah. In future, you may realize you made a mistake, yeah. but at the time, I think you like, we all make a decision yeah. hoping for the best result, yeah. No? Yeah.
0: yeah, so there's a whole whole learning there around recognizing, A, having the self-awareness, self-insight to recognize perfection isn't working well for you because yeah. you can't do everything yourself, and the then the... Delegating, giving people space to do it, and then also being able to learning to judge what's important is really critical yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. so it
0: sounds like there's been a, a lot of learnings as you know, moving into your leadership position
1: yeah and I, I, I quite enjoy that yeah. uh, I see it as a new challenge that I haven't done before yeah, and uh, I I enjoy learning about how to be a better manager. And that's something that I'm continuing to, to try to learn. I just started basically.
0: Mm. Mm. Sounds like yeah. you're doing well. <laughs> we we um, have gone way longer than uh, yeah. we, we we should have because we actually should be somewhere else now. <laughs> uh, are there any things that we haven't talked about that you wanted to mention?
1: Mm, the, the only thing that... I think i want I wanted to highlight is uh, sometimes listening to people's stories feels like that they make all the right decisions mm. along the way mm-hmm. because we usually tell the success of the story. I mean I, everyone included a bit of other, but it 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 sometimes takes years to understand if a decision you made at some point was a good decision or a bad decision uh, I did so many things as part of my PhD and before and after that like later on they they showed their impact or lack of impact mm. uh, and I just wanted to kind of mention that that like looking back you can then realize that the things that you learn and the dots that you connected to each other. Yeah. And yeah. like that.
0: Which also if you put yourself in going if you put yourself back in that back position.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like you just said now or just a little bit before about not being quite sure yet where you're gonna go or what you're doing in this post tenure phase, sort of still trying to work it out. Yeah does it give you some reassurance that there will be some point in the future where you'll be looking back at this and the dots will join and, you
1: know, oh, yeah? know, there'll she be didn't some didn't think sense of it, it that way, but <laughs> no, that's a good point, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, so I'm doing things that I, again, think it would be useful, mm. uh, like, again, the position that I took and, as I mentioned, I'm chairing Kai Play next year, and those are experiences that I never had, mm. and I want to have them, and I'm sure that they would be helpful in my career moving forward. But I just don't know where. Which, they kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But I
0: just, I just thought it was interesting that when you, you know, you're looking, you're looking back, you can join the dots yeah. and see how decisions work out, and some yeah. may work out. better or not but you made the best decisions that you could at the time yeah exactly and that it's okay to be sitting in a place now where it doesn't you don't have that same
1: confidence because you the dots are still joining yeah i think that's a that's probably the exciting part of it like yeah it's again i i i always try to ask for feedback and like, you know, one of the reasons I came here was to talk to you about some of the options for my career. And I talked to other people. I Actually, I was at Sussex a few months ago. I had a long chat with Ben as well. Mm. Uh, and it seems that I, I each time that I talk about it and I think about it, try to make it a bit more clear on what I want to do. Mm. Uh, so there is a
0: process to go through and thinking to go through, but it's uh, it's okay. And you know, you're connecting with mentors and getting feedback yeah. and thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, I think that the, might be the little dilemma. Might be things that I want to do and things that I should do. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that might be a bit different and. Like some other concerns that, you know, we always use or have when we make decisions.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yes, and trying to separate out the want to do and should do. Because the, yeah, the should not do should and shouldn't. <laughs> but the should is an external thing, isn't it? Not. Yeah. When the want is something that's internal that you want and how to balance those.
1: I would say yes and no, mm-hmm. like if we just keep doing the stuff that we want to do, like mm-hmm. I may just go for early retirement and not go to work. Go scuba diving. <laughs> I go scuba, scuba diving day. all yeah. the time, so uh, still like it's a, it's a career and mm-hmm. it's not all what I, I want to do, There is still part of the thing, mm-hmm. it's, it's a job like many mm-hmm. other jobs that, that we do, we do things mm-hmm. because that's part of our job.
0: But isn't there... But that's a different framing than a should, I would say. That that, that there's a way in which you're choosing that this is the job you want. And a consequence of that, there there are some other things that are entailed in doing that. So it's still a choice, not
1: a should. But, yes, it's a choice where it... Contributes to, like, keeping your job. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
0: yes. But the, it's the yeah. choice in that the job is the choice, and then yeah, these, these are, are the, the mini choices. <laughs> these are these are the sort of yeah the uh, yeah. if you want to make that bigger choice, then you have to do these other these other things yeah. are part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Thank you so much for talking.
1: Thanks so much for having and
0: sharing, me. Sharing and. Yeah. All the very best working out your post tenure (laughs) career path.
1: Thank you. Uh, And thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I hope that you know this would in my story would be something Mm. that can be useful for someone else.
0: Hopefully, because I I just I know that people's stories are valuable
1: in all sorts
0: of ways. you can find the summary notes and related links for this podcast on www.changingacademiclife.com You can also subscribe to Changing Academic Life on iTunes and now also on Stitcher and you can follow Change Acad Life on Twitter and if something connected with you please consider sharing this podcast with your colleagues so that we can widen the conversation about how we can do academia differently